Welcome to Movie Drone Podcast. This podcast may contain questionable language, will contain spoilers, and wonders if I sound any better or still whiny and monotone. Everybody and welcome to episode 158 of Movie Drone. I'm Steve Munson. I'm Mark. I don't, I don't know what to say to that, mate. <laughs> huh? I don't know what to say to that. Roy Munson's a more handsome brother. Okay. You know, from Kingpin. Right. The bowling. Okay, no, I haven't seen that film for years, Have you mate. Not? No. I mean, I've got two hands, which is right. good, which obviously makes me better at bowling. So yeah. I'm a bowling champ, aren't I? Oh, is, was champ. that his name? Was that Woody Harrelson's character? Yeah. Right, yeah, okay. Yeah. So, uh, good film, that. Yeah. Good film, that. I like that one. Yeah. Yeah. Would you like a full sound like that? Actually, <laughs> I imagine that if you had an arm cut off, you'd probably whittle your own hand. It'd be like arm, one yeah. of those wooden things. It'd be like, what's his face out of Happy Gilmore? <laughs> yeah. Like crap. Finger yeah. missing and that. Yeah. yeah. Glued on, sellotape Ship together. woodmanship. Yeah. Yeah. Or a hook. <laughs> yeah. Could have a hook. <laughs> probably have your eye out. Yeah. Well, how have you been then, mate? I've been all right, mate. I've good. Before we go any further, you know, we had Little and On a little while ago. Going, oh, hello, welcome to Move. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The other ones had to have a go. All right. Yeah, so you ready? <laughs> Welcome to Movie Drone Podcast. Oh, there you go. <laughs> They've both been on now. <laughs> he was very excited to be out here recording. Was he? Yeah, he's very excited to be on the podcast. Right. I think he thinks it's something big. Right. That's <laughs> so most people. Yeah. I think we should uh, maybe open up with those. I'll have to find it and maybe open up with them. Yeah. All the time. Yeah, why not? Better than hearing right. me, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, definitely. No, I mean, you can still do your bit. Yeah. I mean, might as well, might you, on your monotone, yeah. whiny voice. <laughs> Yeah, other than that, mate, new mic day. I mean, I got myself a new mic. You are sweating. You don't like it. You don't like change. I don't like it, no. I saw it. It was shiny. I was like, I really like that. I mean, it's like a bright colour and that. I'm not sure you should be attracting people to yourself, like especially when we've got guests and that coming on with like bright coloured glittery mics. I'll be honest, mate. That's the reason I went, ooh, look at that. It matches my lead. <laughs> should you be attracting people to yourself? Oh, you shouldn't, should you? Really? Probably not, mate. But no. not many people come out here apart from you, right? So I'm probably all right. Okay. Um, but yeah, I was quite excited. Turned up, come over from Germany. <laughs> so hopefully it's all right. It might break. Well, I'm. I just don't. It's gonna. Oh, I don't know what it's gonna sound like or nothing when I do the edit. I'm just Who knows? Like, Who knows? Other than that, mate, I went clipping and climbing. <laughs> you clip on and you climb. I mean, I saw the photos. Oh. <laughs> Mate, it was like, the bloke come up, he was like, right, can everyone gather around, please? We've got a um, safety brief. Yeah. And he was like, right, get your harnesses on. I mean, I saw that. That was yeah. a bit tight, wasn't it? It was a Didn't little like bit chafy, no, mate. Didn't like that. Um, and then basically went, yeah, make sure you clipped on when you go on the wall. <laughs> and looking at each other, not that confident in the safety. But it was good fun, mate. Right. I actually surprised myself. I got up to the top and everything. I mean, I saw it. Where'd how long that take? Like six hours or something? No, like that? I was flying up. Them. Well, yeah. I was quite impressed. My you yoga. It was a kids' thing. You could almost reach the top. I they think, had anyway. proper walls there. Did they? Uh, but the Just yoga, I think, has given me me upper body strength. Mm. I was flying up them. That reminds me of a safety briefing that I got when I was shooting guns in Las Vegas. Yeah, they told you it whilst you had like the big earmuffs on. Yeah, didn't hear a fucking word. <laughs> not a word. 
bird. And it was just like, well, like Christy. Try not know. to shoot each other. <laughs> yeah, well, I don't know. Let go of the that. trigger if the kickback. He might have said that. Never heard it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and other than that, I found a very exciting machine, mate. It's called a George Formby machine. I don't know if you've used one of these. Um, <laughs> Have you just said George Formby? George Formby. He likes cleaning windows. So I've got a George Formby machine. They got one at work. Um, and I've got like a old stale ciabatta that was like in the fridge for three days. Add uh, cheese and pastrami. That's a word right. in it. Chucked it in the George Formby for 20 minutes. Come back. Arc to triumph, mate. It's like a toasted sandwich, but not. I mean, was they've unmanly. been around a long time, you know that. Apparently, yeah. Yeah, a very long time. Yeah. The George Foreman grills, yeah. Formby, little man with a little guitar. <laughs> yeah. yeah, if you say so, mate. They've been around ages. Yeah. Maybe oh, you should sure have got have. Though, one of those ages ago. Lean, mean grilling machines. Exactly, healthy yeah. cooking. No, Maybe. just bubble my cheese up with it. It was lovely. <laughs> just put lard in it, do you? But yeah, I was like, oh, yeah. these things are good. I'm only like 15 years behind the craze. Yeah. Other than that, mate, just a little message from my mum. I what? listened to last week's podcast. Um, says to call Steve a dirty little bastard. <laughs> Why? Pissing in the shower. Really? Yeah. See, Jill. Uh, dirty uh, little bastard, she said. <laughs> Did she? Sorry, Sue. Well, Jill had to make it known to everybody that we don't share the same shower. Yeah. That I don't piss in a shower. I mean, I'll be honest, if her shower was, uh, was available, um, I probably would. But yeah. uh, there you go. I mean, she doesn't know. I might have done. Never yeah. know. She never knows. Shower Stealthy. roulette has Steve pissed in it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I mean, listen, I'm still saving time. Still yeah. living the dream. Yeah. What have you done with all your extra time this week then, mate? Uh, I have been bowling. Yeah. I won, didn't I? Apparently smashed it, so you reckoned. Well, yeah, I did. I yeah. mean, I won. I mean, yeah. I had like a bit of a low on the second game. Yeah. I lost the second game, but like pulled it out, like yeah. fresh doing the third one. No matter what she says, mate, she got defeated. Okay. All right. Let's just leave Lunch it was on her there. Yeah, I mean, I ended up paying for it, but <laughs> it could have been on her. There you go. Um, Ralph, yeah, he had his nuts off. I saw the picture. The dog. He yeah. looked very, yeah. very sorry. Jules for bought him some little pants, I like some little boys' pants. <laughs> apparently, obviously, with my weight loss, apparently she reckons I'll fit in them, so I can have them after him if I want. Which, mate, considering <laughs> they got a hole where the tail comes, out, you could poo through more time saving. I thought he was going to say the other thing then. No, but, uh, you could poo through them yeah. more time saving. Maybe. Oh, that might be a new move. Yeah. yeah, yeah, excellent. So, yeah, maybe I'll get those. So, bless him. He's got yeah. a cone on, not doing too well at the moment. He was very drowsy yesterday. Peace and quiet. He Only peace and quiet you, with him. <laughs> I think he's a bit. I don't think it's all there up, so no, no I think he's, uh, he'll forget about it, don't worry. Um, fire alarms, we've had fire alarms going off in the house Ooh. for some reason. Batteries going low, mate. I don't know, they both went off at the same time, don't normally happen, does it? Thought yes, because that's there. the exact point of them, mate. Oh, is it? They set each other off. Oh, do they? Yes, oh, they, that's they've what got decibel meters in, so one hits oh, the other. Oh, that's what I thought. Yeah. Oh, that's why then, yeah. 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 But it went off, it was fucking like proper, get the fire extinguisher, run downstairs and all that. Honestly, thought I had a fire. It's exciting, isn't it? It's is quite exciting. Yeah. I like the way that like everyone's neighbours set the fire alarm off. No one goes to check whether their house is on fire. <laughs> no, I suppose Everyone's not. Got burnt toast. No, I suppose not. I was a bit conscious. It was quite yeah. late, so I didn't get any sleep. And uh, the park runs are back open. I've done a park run the other oh, day. Oh, thank fuck for that. <laughs> yeah, oh, I've missed a park run. <laughs> Have you? Yeah. Um, I had uh, a weird situation on park run where I found myself first. Hey! Did you get anything? <laughs> no. No, you don't get anything. But uh, it's not nice being up the front. Did you get front. a PB? Uh, no. Did but, you have so. to run for a ribbon? 
Oh, oh, what do you get for being first? Nothing, nothing on a park run. But uh, anyway, so it's just weird. I don't like being first. Right. Uh, I think all the youngsters who normally do it really quick, they must have had a lay in. Right. Because they just left it open. I actually won. Hey, well really done, weird. mate. Yeah, I, I can't believe they don't put a ribbon out. No, I mean, it's like a, it's a free thing, isn't it? Yeah, I know, but, no but I'll, I'll supply the ribbon. All they've got to do is hold <laughs> either end. I, I don't want to be first again. It was not a good situation to be no. running, uh, looking over your shoulder. It's supposed to be fun anyway, isn't it? Did anyway. you get a PB? No. Why not? Because it's fucking like got up hills so and you stuff. Won and, on... and didn't even get a PB. Yeah, I got a PB for Must part run. Was you like... sure it's still back on, mate? And you weren't just the only one. <laughs> no, it wasn't my normal PB. I normally okay. make sure I run downhill when I'm doing them. But uh, there you go. Right, well done, though, Winner mate. all week. Bowling. Did you make the website? It was, well, yeah, they don't really mention it. No, <laughs> I mean, I'm on the website. I'm on, the, on it, but they don't really yeah. make a fanfare of it. Not like I'm doing. There you go. So I've had a fantastic week. Living the dream, mate. I am. I'm a winner all round. (laughs) All right. And then you bring me back down. Sorry, mate. So um, we've got any thanks this week, Yes, mate. mate, I've got thanks to Lewis Rain, Right Stuff Reviews, Mark Seeger, St Paul's Filmcast, WTM, Spoiler Piece Theatre, Billy Dees, The Podcast That Wouldn't Die, Mike, Mike and Oscar, Nerdrover, Forza Crowd, Well Kept and Unclean, Ronnie Castle, What Should We Watch?, Blood and Black Rum, Sure It'll Be Grand podcast, Ian McIntyre and Beautiful. Excellent. Thank you very much for all those retweets on Twitter. So I've got special thanks this week for people who have gone the extra mile. So to Jill for losing at bowling. Thank you very much, darling. <laughs> Cassie for taking you for the wall to give yeah. me a bit, of, uh, a bit of something amusing to watch on Facebook. VHS Strikes Back, Jamie Russell, Cinema Recall, Glyn, Sean Panda Nicholson, Emma at the Movies, Mr. Positivity, Wolfie T., Jamie Irwin, LJ Human, Ryan, The Light Sitting Born, Movie Journey Podcast, Ben from Film Busters, and Apple Park Films. Thank you. Thank you very much yeah. indeed. Your promo this week. Yes, mate. Do you like the TV series Tales from the Crypt? Are you interested in full episode and movie reviews from Tales from the Crypt? This podcast is for you. The Good Evening Kitties podcast, where I, Melissa, your ghostess with the mostess, recap every episode with special guests and bonus horror movie reviews. The Good Evening Kitties podcast can be found on most podcast platforms. Check it out today. And there we go. Why don't you put music like that when you do your uh, your things? I don't know, mate. I just... Effort. Is it? Effort. Let's, Let's go. go for effort. There you go. It's a new promo. Yeah. New one. So that's the Good Evening Kiddies podcast. Melissa the ghostess with the mostest. That's taken some thought. That yes, yeah. Have. have you ever watched Tales from the Crypt? Years ago, mate. I know my dad used to like it. Yeah. Um, and I think he used to force us to sit down and watch it. And I was like, nah. Right. Um, but I should revisit it. You probably I've, should. Well, I've listened to a couple of episodes and it's given me a little taste for it. I don't know where I catch it now. Yeah. I like all those little horror anthology mm. things, don't you? I, I remember it quite well. Yeah, Tales from yeah. the Unexpected was certainly the best one, wasn't it? Right. If you say da, so. Da, 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 da. Do you remember that? 
It doesn't ring any bells. I'm a oh, lot, lot younger off. than you, mate. You're 87, remember? <laughs> they are amazing. Yeah. So, unexpected. yeah, so um, I've, I've listened to season six, episode seven. The Pit is the latest episode. Nice. Good. Melissa. Yeah, yeah, very good. Yeah. yeah. Um, like I say, makes me want to watch it. However, time constraints, oh, isn't no. it? I would need to have an extra three wheeze in the shower in order to accommodate watching an episode of Tales from the Crypt each day. Or you could... Replace your horror film five minutes of the day with a Tales of the Crypt. I could, yeah. yeah. I fucking might do that, mate. Yeah. Well done. Now. There's yours. Well done, you. Thank you. <laughs> so, ready? Yes, mate. Welcome to the Mark Reads Some Film Lines in Some Similar Voices and Steve has to guess the film from the lines read to get points game. Hashtag, what's that there we go. So there we go. Your uh, just gives me the adrenaline rush every time. Does it? Yeah, I love it. it. Does it really? Yeah. Okay. Great. <laughs> <laughs> um, that makes one of us. So uh, yeah, who got what and what was it? It was Ace Ventura, mate. When nature calls. Yeah, Specifics. Yeah. Specific. Yeah. Um, Glyn, come in with a three. I beat Glyn. You beat Glyn. Yes. Jill, Sean, and Emma falls all round. Yeah. LJ Human straight in with a five, mate. Yeah, yeah. See, I seem to think that the first line was also in Wayne's World. Really? Yeah, I uh, think so. Okay. I right. think so. Well, there you go. But we did mile. Okay, well yeah. done, Luke. You're the winner. Wee! <laughs> Pick something from the shelf, Luke. <laughs> I wouldn't bother. <laughs> uh, so, uh, what we got for us this week then, mate? Sunning, mate. Let's find out, shall right. we? Five points. What's that feel? The world is a fine place we're fighting for. I agree with the second part. Mm. I've had a go there. I haven't. Yeah. I haven't smashed it. I've had a go. Yeah. New four points in, mate. Yeah. What's that feel? Come on, he's insane. Look, right now he's probably dancing around in his grandma's panties, rubbing himself in peanut butter. <laughs> oh, I mean, that's a quite curveball one. Yeah, that one. yeah, that's quite niche, that, isn't it? Yeah. Mm. I mean, I, I honestly don't know. You'd oh. have to know that, wouldn't you? Yeah, I think so. Three points in, mate. Yeah. What's that feel? You're no Messiah. Your movie of the week. You're a fucking t-shirt at best. Have I seen this? Yeah. Have I? Yeah, we've done an episode on it, mate. <laughs> um, I don't know. No? Two points in, mate. What's that film? John Doe has the upper hand. <laughs> That's pissing me off now with the impressions as well. Because like, I'm blanking. Oh, I was up early this morning and I'm blanking. But they ain't winning any prizes, mate. They uh, ain't first at part run. You're pissing me off. <laughs> you're pissing me off. No, I'm going to say no. No? Yeah. One point then, mate. This is your given. Right. What's that feel? What's in the box? <laughs> <laughs> I'm flanking. What's in the box? Uh, what's in the box? Uh, honestly, I don't know. No? No. No. Moron. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, I've just had an early start and I don't know. What a cock. All right. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. There you yeah. go. I still thought that was hard. Yeah? Yeah. Oh, let's find out. Okay. So, people, I mean, let us know. I blanked for the first time in a long time. Yeah, it's been a long time. Let Put us something know. back on the shelf. 
<laughs> I'll put this back on there. Yeah. On this. So, yeah, please let us know yeah. what you got yeah. and what you think it is via DM. You are tired, mate. It's deflated now, isn't it? I'm sorry. It's let's, let's build it up. I'm happy. Fucking I won. It. I win. <laughs> so then, mate. Okay, moving on. Yes, mate. This is Mark's mail set. Okay, so I believe we had a couple in, mm. I believe, at the last minute. I yeah. Think. So we've had to choose one. Yeah. So, because uh, we're a bit thin on the ground. So, please, we need some. We do. Please. Yeah. So where can they send them? They can send them via Twitter or Instagram, which is at movie underscore drone, or via email on movie drone podcast at hotmail.com. Please do send us some questions. We'd yeah. Like to some. Good ones. Yeah. So, okay, moving on. Yes, mate. This is the next section. This is the section that we love to call Question, question time. time. Question Time. Question Time. Time for the question. Question Time. Question Time. Question time, time for the question, question time. And there we go. Mm. All right, so uh, we did have a couple of questions in. Which one did you choose? I went from one from your lovely missus, mate. Right. Purely because it came in before the other one and I've already started answering it. <laughs> right, okay. But I think this may have been doctored. A pity mate. question, if, you mean? Well, I think it might have been doctored before it got to me. Right. Because it says, hi, gorgeous Steve and also Mark. Right. Well, I didn't get this directly from Jill. Oh, it, 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 well, no, okay, I did doctor it. It did say, hello, gorgeous Steve and Mick. Right, So okay. I thought I'd put it back. So, oh, that was right. nice. Yeah, thank you, mate. And she says, I'm dragging Steve off to see Jungle Cruise this weekend, and you may or may not know the film is based on a theme park ride. I didn't. No? No idea. Okay. It got me thinking, what film would you like to see made based on your favourite theme park rides? Love and kisses, Jill. There you go. Right, makes take... no sense, Jill. <laughs> no sense. No? I asked you to clear it up, yeah. give me an example. Yeah. Didn't really do that. No. So I worked hard on my answers and you went, <laughs> basically you hadn't really looked at it, yeah. Uh, and then you said, oh, no, just do this, this and this. And I was like, no, I've done it. Yeah. Step up. Okay. I mean, I haven't. But, uh, <laughs> I've only can't. got two, though. Have you? Yeah. Okay. All right. I mean, I'm taking uh, my goddaughter, Cecily, yeah. and Amelia, so Lee and Sophie's yeah. children, to watch it at the weekend. Yeah. So we're going to fill them with sugar. Send yeah. them home. So, uh, Looks all right, fairness. It yeah. don't look too shabby. No. I'll let you know next week. Yeah. All right. So what you got then, mate? Um, you got two as well? Or you... I mean, I've got three. But you go first. Then, mate. Pretty loose. Yeah. So um, how about Hex? Okay. From Alton Towers, yeah. the ride. Ever been on that? Is that the one that's changed its name? No, no. It's called The Curse of the Chained Oak. Okay. I, don't I thought you could have it. a good mystery film. Oh, actually, on is that the one where you go in the manor house? Yeah, and, and you, have... you, you sit on the thing and it makes yeah. you feel sick. It yeah. makes you feel like you're going upside yeah, down. I, know, not, I have yeah. been on that, yeah. Yeah, it makes you feel sick, that. You're more of a connoisseur with theme parks and theme park rides than me. Yeah, but that one did make me feel sick. So I thought we could have one. Uh, I, I mean, The Curse of the Chained Oak sounds mm. good, doesn't it? Yeah. I mean, it could be an Harry Potter book, couldn't it? Yeah. I mean, yeah. it can't be any worse than the other yeah, side. imagination then, mate. <laughs> That's it. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. It's my first one, mate. Uh. Do you remember Air at Alton Towers? I do, yeah. It's not called Air anymore. Is it not? New. Apparently it's called, like, Galactica, but Air works in my film. So <laughs> forget that. Okay. It's still called Air. Yeah. And it's going to be called Thin Air. Right. Right, the film, <laughs> okay. right? So the ride accidentally blips, yeah? Reaches super speeds... And makes the passengers enter another dimension, literally disappearing into thin air. <laughs> Fly me. Yeah? Oh, it's good. Yeah, I don't know what happens when they get to the other dimension. We'll worry about that filming. Yeah, that's good. 
But well, that's more information than I needed. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. Well done. Told works hard. Yeah, well done. Thanks. That's good. My number two. Yep. I've got actually it's two rides yep. in one film. Okay. So it's actually called Manta versus Kraken. Okay. And these are rides at SeaWorld. Sorry, mate. I've got some really good roller coasters okay. at SeaWorld. Yeah. I know. I, I, when I come back from America, I never mention to anybody that I went there. Right. But I do go there for the roller coasters. Okay. And they're fucking amazing. Yeah. Like, really good. Anyway, so uh, it's like a Godzilla-type okay. feature creature with uh, a manta ray and the Kraken. I'm surprised we haven't seen many more films with the Kraken. Because it's quite a good-like creature, isn't New, it? New um, NHL team called the Kraken, isn't it? Oh, is it? They're going in this year. From where? Where they um, moved from? Seattle Kraken. I oh, think. they moved, do they? All mm. oh, right. Or was the franchise moved? Did they one of them? They wouldn't have put one in, would they? Do you know who stopped? It's new fa- franchise. Not your one. Your oh, one stopped. They can keep adding them, can't they? Oh, can they? Yeah, oh, they right. did the same. Like okay. they did the Kings Knights. All oh, right. They did okay. the Knights. Didn't they? I'm sure it's Seattle Kraken. Could be making that up. It sounds like it's it. someone Kraken. Right. Okay. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> All right. So yeah, Manta versus Kraken. Sounds good, mate. Thanks. Um, so my next one, or my last one, is based on the rock and roller coaster. Okay. But I haven't been to all the American ones yet, <laughs> so I had to choose one from Paris. Okay. The, right. Do you know it's the Aerosmith rides? You go around it. Yeah, they've got one in, in the States. Okay. So yeah. Is it called the it's same a, thing? It's a Disney, I think, rock and roller coaster. I think I'd have to stand. Right. I'd, I'd like to see Ryan answer this question. Yeah. about. Well, this is in the studios park in Paris. Right, yeah. I think, uh, I can't remember exactly where it is, but I know that they've got one in uh, Florida. Okay. Well, this one, right? So a man has an accident on it, right. and suddenly all the Aerosmith songs are vanished from the world. Right. right? Luckily, he remembers them, so he can release them himself, <laughs> right? But they're nowhere as good as the Beatles, and nobody gives a shit. Plus, Ed Sheeran's not in it. <laughs> right. That's original, that. Yeah. That's original. That's a good idea for a film, though. Yeah. Well done, mate. Thank you, mate. Well done. You're fucking yeah. on fire tonight. I'm on it. Yeah. Yeah, good one. Uh, my last one is a roller coaster that doesn't exist anymore. But it was one of my favourite ones. It's Dueling Dragons. Okay. Um, and it was actually knocked down um, yeah. from Universal Islands, Islands of Adventure to make way for the Hagrid motorcycle Harry Potter ride, which was a bit of a shame. But, uh, yeah, it's a Chinese fireball dragon and a Hungarian horntail dragon. Don't knock it down like, just like... Grind it up, or do I put it on eBay or something? Because how cool would that be? <laughs> I think it was quite old, right. so, uh, but it was good. It like went off the, up the same path, and then it used to duel over the top of each other. You've been on the fair that goes up the park, right? <laughs> <laughs> I don't need to worry about shit. No. Like that. but there you go. So uh, yeah, I think we could. I mean, you could do a film about dueling dragons, mm, couldn't you? Yeah. All right. Yeah. Cool. There you go. Thanks, Jill. Yeah, I'd like to hear Ryan, question. wouldn't you? Yeah. Ryan's definitely the aficionado between the the theme parks and the mm. films. So uh, yeah, see what he's got. He knows far more about both of us on both counts. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that Jill gave me an example of one for to read out. All right. Forgotten it. No idea? No. Okay. So you have to let us know next week. <laughs> All right. <laughs> there we go. Yeah. All right. Cool. Thanks, Jill. Moving on. Yes, mate. Okay, so as people may have seen, I put a tweet out earlier. Um, did. I did. Um, we were due to be joined by a few people from um, Apple Park Films. Various bits have gone on, but we're just joined by Chris Watt. You'd have seen us sort of sharing tweets about a screenplay and a film that's due to be made, and they're doing a bit of a crowdfunding thing. So Chris is the screenwriter of the film that is due to be called The Mire, um, and he joins us now. Hi, Chris. Hello there. Thanks for having me. And I, I, I do apologise. The other two can't be 
with us. They, they they did tell me that they're too Hollywood for this sort of stuff now. So. Yeah, too busy I, I, making yeah. films. I'm surprised right? we got anyone. We'll, we'll take anyone. <laughs> I'm surprised well, I turned up. Before this. Sports now, so. <laughs> so do you want to tell us a little bit about you before we start? Um, we start sort of talking about the f- upcoming film and bits that you're doing to do it. What have you been up to in the business? Uh, well, I mean, my name's Chris Watt, uh, and I am a screenwriter and a script consultant, and I'm based in the northeast of Scotland, up in Aberdeen. Um, I'm a film school graduate, and I've been working for the last 20 years sort of in and out of the industry, but primarily as a writer, and uh, I've worked the last 10 years mainly in the realm of uh, film criticism for different publications here and there. Uh, also wrote a book a couple of years back, but uh, generally the last... 20 or so months I've been concentrating more on the screenwriting side of things and so far we're we're doing quite well with that and uh, Adam and I uh, Adam the director started to discuss the idea of possibly doing a project together uh, and this was in the early stages of the pandemic so we all had nothing but time on our hands to yeah. sort of try and get really creative so basically what I've just heard is you've got the best job in the world <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like it doesn't it it does it sounds pretty special no, it's it's good. Um, I think if there's one thing that the pandemic gave uh, a lot of creatives, it's time. And time is very important, I think, whenever you're trying to hone a craft. But um, not the, although the although COVID took an awful lot from a lot of people, it, it also uh, has blessed me with uh, a fair share of fortune. And that sort of has been in the shape of not only developing this project, but I've had a couple of other feature screenplays are optioned and they're now in development and pre-production themselves. So it's quite a busy time at the moment. Best job in the world then. Well, well I mean, we, uh, we had the honour of interviewing Thunder Levin, who wrote Sharknado, um, on our Sharknado right. episode and uh, we got an insight into uh, into that and I'm looking forward to seeing what he's come up with yeah. um, during the pandemic because that was uh, he was he had a lot of time didn't he yeah but that was that was a f- great interview we absolutely loved that even I bought myself a screenwriting book didn't I you did I, I read the yeah. book yeah. I just haven't found the time to do anything with it <laughs> or a good idea thank god mate because yeah. I, I know what goes through your head on a day-to-day <laughs> basis did you mind telling us a bit more about this upcoming project you've been working so hard on then? Yeah, certainly. Well, the, the screenplay that I wrote uh, that we're referring to is a, a film called The Meyer. And uh, it's about a con man named Joseph Layton who dedicates eight years of his life to creating kind of this false religion known as the canon. Uh, and he slowly is accumulating a percentage of his followers' donations into his own pocket Uh, over the course of about eight years. And the story takes place over the course of one night. And it's the night before what Joseph calls the Ascension, which is planned to be a mass suicide that he will instigate and his followers will follow suit and take part in. But he has absolutely no intention of going through with this Ascension at all. And he is in the process of leaving with uh, his very large sum of money when he's accosted by his two most loyal followers or lieutenants if you will uh and he's essentially locked in his own church and these two followers are attempting to bring him back into the fold so that he will carry out this mass suicide so essentially it's a catch-22 situation that this man finds himself in caught in his own web of lies where he can't tell the truth and he can't lie his way out of it so it becomes kind of a battle of wits between all three characters and each of the characters has a backstory and a different relationship to this man 
uh, and over the course of the film and over the course of the night, it all starts to play out and uh, unravels in unexpected and uh, quite uh, nasty ways. Sounds good. Yeah, sounds, sounds really good. Yeah. Is it more? Is it? Is it got a part of sort of a religious commentary to it? Is is that what you're? Not not specifically. I kind of feel a bit like a magpie, sort of like picking at little bits here and there. I read an awful lot of books because uh, Adam, the director, and I uh, are both quite interested in this notion of cults, in particular in the twenty first century. Uh, with everybody, we've got the online generation now, so everything seems to be more geared towards so much information coming towards us but very little fact is able to be filtered out of this and it's very easy for people to be manipulated uh and to end up going down the wrong path essentially and it's a very good time for um con artists and liars to sort of uh, rise up and make a killing so to speak mm-hmm. uh, i think that the the real notion behind the canon the sort of religious element that i came up with it takes it takes a bit from Scientology. It takes a bit from the uh, Heaven's Gate. It takes a bit from Jonestown Massacre. It and I just kind of amalgamated those all into making. That was kind of one of the challenges of writing the script was to try and see if I could essentially work from the ground up and create a plausible sort of cult or a, a sort of spiritual religion, so to speak. Talking of cults, uh, do you think that Mark looks like Charles Manson? Um. <laughs> I'm working on the look. Jesus yeah. slash Charles Manson. I'll take either. It has been said. It has been There's said. A bit of a Jim Morrison vibe I'm getting mm. from it. I'll take that. Uh, I'll take that. Smelly. You mean? I've, I've only just met you. I don't want to be unkind and say you look like. Manson. Don't worry. Don't worry. It's all good. <laughs> so, what sort of rating are we looking for? This is this going in hardcore or is this sort of more psychological when you're sort of going to be filming it? Or is, is it going to be some guts and gore and? No, it's it's very much in the psychological thriller territory. Yeah. It's it's really it's a character drama that right. uh, because it's got the clock is ticking element to it, it makes it have more sort of the elements of the thriller genre. There's not really gore, so to speak, but yeah. it does have a few nasty shocks in there that uh, will be a surprise, I think, for a lot of people. Okay. I think what's more interesting about it is just there's something very scary about the notion of. Mm one man being able to influence so many people uh and and you know people look at a lot of these sort of uh stories of these cult leaders and it seems absolutely unfathomable to think that they could do that but you know you only have to throw a stone a few years down into the past and you get to people like hitler who are exactly the same sort of thing one man can do quite a lot of damage if they are charismatic enough if they're loud enough mm. uh and i think it's it's got that kind of it, it's not a horror film but it has that kind of sense of dread that runs through it yeah that sounds really good i mean <laughs> so how do you go about and i know that you've been crowdfunding um how mm. do you actually go about getting something like this made and uh, where i mean where are you in the process at the moment uh, at the moment we're down to trying to get the last 12 percent of the budget we did a crowdfunder uh, in the latter part of last year, but of course that was right in the middle of the pandemic. And although we raised a really wonderful amount of money through uh, a lot of very, very enthusiastic uh, followers of ours uh, that we know from Twitter and uh, through friends and family and through uh, local businesses, that sort of thing, uh, we still, because we were supposed to shoot in March of this year and the pandemic delayed that even further, you sort of generally we ended up losing a bit of money from the initial crowdfunder because of that because you know you put you put down deposits on things and your your budget has to shift because obviously 
the, the nature of how the film's going to get made has to change. And that includes locations and all that sort of stuff. So we had to do the second crowdfunder, which we're about three or four days into now. And it's going very, very well, I have to say. Uh, we've had some uh, wonderful donations so far. But we're still we're still going on that, and that's on uh, greenlit. So we're 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 quietly optimistic that we're gearing towards, I think, an October shoot for the film. Now, seeing as a screenwriter, I'm not particularly entrenched in the uh, business side of this. That's more the producer and the director's avenue. But uh, we're all in this together. So in terms of the crowdfunder, we've been uh, quite diligent in promoting it on our uh, social media. Absolutely. So anyone who's heard that and is interested in our tweets. If you go into our pinned tweet, if you're listening on the week this is released, in the thread there will be that link where you can go and click on and give some money. Mm. Don't be told mm. it. Give them some money. <laughs> give us some money. Give, give us. us. Yeah. 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 We'll take it. No, we'll take it. It's, it sounds really good. It sounds really, really great and interesting. And, I mean, what sort of is this going to be a full feature length film? It is, yeah. It's a feature-length film. We're probably you're probably looking at about ninety minutes. Yeah, perfect uh, film length. When you, when you write, you're generally looking at a page, one page being one minute of screen time. So, yep. the script's sitting at around a hundred pages, but it is quite dialogue heavy. Yep. So a lot of that dialogue will get delivered quite fast. So yeah, we're looking around an hour and a half movie, uh, and to be shooting it on that kind of budget uh, is is a challenge. Mm. But it's a challenge that I know Adam's very much up to. He shot his first feature film back around, I think, 2014, 2015, and that was on relatively nothing, and he did some very impressive stuff there. So when when you sort of hoping that we might start being able to see, I mean, have you done trailers yet? When do you sort of planning ahead? When do you see release dates? Um, no trailers as of, as of yet, but uh, if we're shooting in October, I would imagine that uh, Adam will be editing into the new year, so it'll probably be around early in the new year that we'll start to see bits and bobs coming through. I would imagine a trailer won't be too far behind the film wrapping, though, because obviously once you've got all of the footage in yep. place, and already got uh, our wonderful composer has already put together uh, some music cues for it, and it's uh, really capturing the tone of the piece. I think I think it's going to be something really quite special, if we can get the funding, that is. Yeah, well, I'm sure we'll uh, put a bit in, and we'll certainly be uh, watching it and reviewing it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, definitely. Oh, Love to hear what you think. That yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, we're not the the, the best reviewers, but yeah. uh, but uh, we're honest. We're honest. So uh, oh. make it good, and we'll be all right. <laughs> so that's really good, then, Chris. Thank you very much for uh, giving us an insight. We're sorry that we dragged you on. Obviously, we uh, wanted something from you as well. So um, we asked you to watch a film. What did we watch? We watch films currently 6 out of 10 on IMDb as a 15, 1 hour, 48 minutes long build as a drama mystery thriller with a synopsis of a vacationing family discovers that the secluded beach where they are relaxing for a few hours is somehow causing them to age rapidly, reducing their entire lives into a single day. $18 million budget, so far grossing $50 million. This is written and directed by M. Night Shyamalan, starring Gail Garcia Bernal, Vicky Krieps, Rufus Seal, Alex Wolfe, Thomasin McKenzie, Abby Lee and Nikki Amuka Bird. This was 2021's old. Clip? Yeah. What's happening to us? My daughter just turned six two weeks ago. Mom! Whatever's happening to us is happening very fast. You have wrinkles. There's something wrong with this beach. 
What's happening? Mom! 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 I'm scared! We have to get off this beach! People are blacking out going this way. If she makes it to the ledge, she might have a chance. Why is she stopping? Why is she stopping? Carol, wake up! Wake up! They have to know what this place does. I don't know! You're lying! Look! What is that? A message. We never leave each other. Nothing separates us. We're connected to something bigger. Oh, no. We're here for a reason. Okay, there we go, mate. So yeah. a nice long clip there. Well yeah. done. So I feel old after listening to that. <laughs> so um, I'm interested. Obviously, we normally do guests first, mate. But yeah. uh, I think this time round, we're going to ask you, what did you, Mark, think of 2021's Old? I think it's quite interesting, mate, after the conversation we've just had with Chris about budgets and bits like that. And my bit is, I think this needed a bit more money. Right. And I think it needed a bit more of the pandemic spent writing it i think it needed a bit more work right i don't think it was far off sunning really good right. i just felt like it was a little bit cheap on the budget right. and i think it needed a bit better writing i don't think it was quite what i hoped it would be although i did go into it ignoring everything i read i didn't find any of the reveals particularly shocking i wasn't left dumbstruck coming out but it's by far not the worst film i watched the weekend <laughs> right, okay. I, I, it was very watchable. Okay, all right. Very watchable. There we go. So, Chris, your sort of opening thoughts on old? Yeah, well, it's interesting because uh, I would say, I would say that Mark's probably quite on the money with that. But I, as a screenwriter, I work in sort of analogies and metaphors. So I was trying to think of a good metaphor or analogy for what this film is. And I, the, the best I could come up with was if you take the ripest, juiciest, most colourful orange in the orange grove and pluck it from the greenest, tallest, proudest tree. And then you stuff it into a blender and you pulp it about 17 times and then pour it out onto the counter and smear it all, all over the place. That's probably the closest I can get to my experience of watching old. I was not a huge fan of it. Okay. But having said that, I think it feels like a brilliant Twilight Zone episode that they stretched to twice the running time it needed to be. And I think that in doing that, it took the elegance of a really good idea and it stretched it beyond its capabilities until it started to crack and break. So it doesn't really hold anything together. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, I have to say that I did still have fun watching it. There's a point at which it becomes kind of so odd and ludicrous that you kind of give into it and just start to enjoy it. And I don't think it's the worst, I certainly don't think it's the worst film that Shyamalan's ever made. Uh, I don't think it's his best either, but uh, it kind of feels like an interesting failure. Yeah, I mean, I love the idea. I didn't like the execution. Um, I totally agree that it would work better as a short. Um, we were discussing earlier, we ran a promo for another podcast to uh, review Tales from the Crypt, something like that. So I think mm -hmm. like a, an, a horror anthology or something like that, like a short 20-minute, uh, half-hour episode of something, I think you're right, it would have yeah. been better. I can't quite work out... See, I, I love his um, direction, and, and even on this, I think that there were some fantastic camera shots, use of sweeping camera. Um, I found it very busy, 
I found that it mm-hmm. moved around a lot. The pace, I thought, was uh, it didn't really give you much room to breathe. It was moving on probably a bit too quick um, uh, in certain stages, but I loved the direction, and I can't quite work out which part of these films I want him to stop doing. So <laughs> the idea, I think, was great. Some of the direction, I think, was great, but I also think that some of the direction was also poor, and I think that, I, this, I mean, the script itself, I thought, was pretty poor. And I just want him to maybe stop doing it all and focus on a bit of it, because I know that he's brilliant at something, and I can't quite work out in this film what it was. For me, I think it felt disjointed. I know apparently this was shot over the pandemic, so they was having to do tests every day. Right. And I just felt it was a bit disjointed. I struggled with some of the camera angles. I right. thought there was lots of far shots with fuzzy heads in. Yeah. But I wonder whether yeah. that was the filming parameters they was having to deal with at the time with the way these things ran. Maybe. I mean, I like I say, I mean, I don't know how much of a pass you can give. I, I, I just thought some of the shots from one end of the beach to the other, moving from one sort of drama to another, were excellent. However, like I say, I think the pace got in front of itself a bit too much. I think there's also a case of Shyamalan has a tendency to sort of un, unravel the mystery of any of his stories. Mm-hmm in order to give him some sort of a neat and tidy conclusion. And I think that often that, again, that takes away kind of from the elegance and the genius of it. I, I sometimes think it's better not to explain anything mm-hmm. behind these sort of things. Uh, it's like Stanley Kubrick said, in all things mysterious, never explain. And I think the notion of giving some sort of credence to why the place exists uh, sort of ruins it for me. I think it would be a lot more haunting to, uh, I can say, keep it kind of bleak. He always seems to scale between... Uh, I know that he's very much influenced by Spielberg and by Hitchcock. And he always seems to be teetering between the two. And the problem is that Hitchcock was very uh, cold-blooded in a lot of his work. And Spielberg is generally quite warm. And I don't think he quite gets the mix right. I think, uh, yeah, I think it's mentioned, isn't it, that um, M. I. Shaliman is a, a great director of children like mm. Steven Spielberg. I think it, um, it, it's always been mentioned... Um, I mean, I had sort of issues with some of the, the children. I'm, I'm not a great Alex Wolf fan. Um, Thomas and McKenzie, yeah. I think, was quite good. I, I, I thought that when the children were younger, um, I enjoyed the film more. Yeah. I found that the children, when they were acting young, when they were older, so there was acting as six-year-olds, and they were actually, obviously, uh, uh, older actors trying, I, th- I thought it, it wasn't good. I mean, I didn't think the script was particularly good at all, or the chemistry between any of the actors no I, th- I thought it was a little bit clumsy trying to tie bits up that you would question um like when they went oh our hair and nails are not growing that's because keratin <laughs> doesn't grow and it's a different cell thing and i think i agree with chris where it, stuff like that leave it as a bit of a mystery yeah the end yeah. when they tied it up leave it as a bit of a mystery yeah. let us question it let us discuss it i mean I you think, don't need to bow it up and yeah. tie it for us i think obviously you can sort of tell why he wrote a doctor in the script yeah. while he was doing it to explain all those things. You can almost hear it going, can't you? And him going, actually, yeah. The element, I think, for me is when you have them all, like, standing in a circle and they're going around and they're saying, like, my name's Paul and I'm a neurologist or my name's <laughs> Daphne and I'm... What was that? Vicky Creeps character, I think. She works in a museum or something like that. Yeah. She's a curator. And she says, I work in a museum, so I know a little something about how quickly a body decomposes. Like, <laughs> yeah. It all seemed a bit too convenient. Yeah, Just it was. Little, yeah. 
right off from the start, I mean, the actual first 20 minutes or so, I actually got the impression that the family unit, uh, obviously the, the the main people with the children, so Gail Garcia, Byrne, and mm. you said Vicky Creeps, I actually sort of did buy into their family unit a little bit. But then when they sort of got to the beach, they just, it just seemed to lose all chemistry. And then yeah. the other characters had none either. And it didn't help that he seemed to pick people who didn't really have a massive hold on the English language neither. Mm. It was very mm. difficult to sort of uh, believe that they were a, a family unit, any of them. So this, for me, had... I wouldn't say it was bang on. I mean, we both like Yorgos Lanthimos, don't we? We do. And he, the line delivery within his films, and I felt some of the way they sort of lilted their lines, it was almost like they were bad actors. But I wonder yeah. whether that was actually how we asked them to deliver it in like Yorgos Lanthimos films, where you look at it and you sort of double take and you think, is that really, are they good actors? But that is how they are delivering it for those characters and the style of film. Mm. Yeah. It's that's interesting as well because I know that Shyamalan said that the two major influences he took for this film particularly were Peter Weir's Picnic at Hanging Rock and Nick Rogue's Walkabout, which are two very specifically made films, and they have that kind of Yorgos sort of tone to them, mm. and the way performances are done, they they are kind of almost blank and almost dreamlike in, in certain places, but mm. I'm, I'm not sure if that style really latched on to the story that he was telling, unfortunately. No, I mean, the characters, I mean, what did we think about the characters? I, I didn't thought, care for any of them. Uh, I didn't bond with any of them. I, I suppose it was just one of them, I didn't, weren't really fussed what happened to any of them. Right. I don't think we had, I don't think there was any likeable ones, if I'm honest. Right. Um, and that's what I say at the end, when they tied everything up, I, I'd have been quite happy if it just went, it was all, I weren't. I would, wasn't upset to see the back end of it. No, did you think that the me, the uh, doctor with obviously the mental issues was a bit clunky? Just having him sort of like running off, stabbing people. <laughs> it is like it seemed a, a bit stereotypical of what you would mm. consider someone with mental problems. I thought that was a bit. Uh, what do you think of the characters, Chris? Uh, it's interesting because uh, it's it's funny that he seemed to really muster some really interesting actors. And like you say, they weren't. They don't seem to be given a huge amount of an opportunity to do anything with the characters. Once you get in the the opening sequences, when they're in the hotel room and stuff like that, you get this. You really buy into the sense of a family that's just teetering on breaking point. Mm. Don't quite know why, but then once you get into the scenario onto the beach, it, it that all just sort of gets thrown out. And yeah, I don't think you care too much for the characters at all, particularly the mother, uh, Vicky Cripp's character. Mm. She she makes a lot of morally quite dubious choices, mm. and her backstory is particularly sort of like morally curious as well. Mm. I, I I don't know quite what Shyamalan's going for there. There's nobody to root for, and so I'm not sure if the sort of the tragedy element or the 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 idea of peril is there at all. If you don't care about them. Uh, there's a couple of fun with it. I mean, I, I quite liked Abby Lee as Crystal. Uh, she's a walking, talking cliche of that kind of person. And she gets, of course, ends up having a fate that is very much uh, befitting of her character. But yeah. she, she admits, I thought she, of all the cast, I think she was probably the best performance in the whole thing. I really enjoyed her performance. Again, though, I'm not sure if you really care about her. Um, I think that's, there's really a lack of, uh, a sort of human side to the characters. Yeah, I mean, I thought that you only 
really cared about the characters by putting yourself in their situation. It was sort of one of those where you were thinking about what you would do in that situation, mm. not caring about what they're doing in the situation. And mm. I thought that it did sort of open up some decent questions where you would sit there and go, well, you know what I mean? What, what would I do? Yeah, um, yeah no, I didn't care for any of them either. I, it teeter, I think it also teeters... It, it seems like the script was maybe two drafts away from being something that could actually be quite poignant and have some quite important things to say about the the nature of family, the nature of uh, survival, the nature of getting old. Yeah, and it it didn't have to be anything particularly speci- specific, but I think there's enough of a metaphor in just the idea of that beach and the idea of what it does that it could have been a little more of an emotional climax as opposed to the kind of twist climax that i suppose you you come to expect from Shyamalan's work mm-hmm. you're you keep waiting for something sort of semi profound to happen and it never really comes mm. i think for me i think there was too many characters right. i think they could have spent more time with some of the others kept us a, a much smaller so you actually got some sort of bond with them i think the two that were there originally uh you had the black guy and the dead girl in it. Mm-hmm. I don't even know why they were there. I don't know why that storyline mattered. Mm-hmm. I, d- I don't know why they bought it in, just put in the group <coughs> on the beach. I don't think they fitted in with anything. No, so you put was... the group on the beach, put some likeable people there where we actually feel a bit of peril for them. Yeah, it was almost like he needed someone for the doctor to stab and he didn't want to write off one yeah. of his main characters. Yeah, that it was handily yeah. written in. Yeah, yeah. So it was as convenient. We, yeah, as as most things we think are. I mean, you mentioned the word twist there, Chris. Um, yeah. I think this is, I mean, and I've sort of like read as well where people are basically saying there is no twist in this. It's a mystery that he then explains. They solve the mystery. Yeah. And, and that's what it is. And I think that, um, I, I, I don't know, when when was the last good twist in an M. Night Shyamalan film? Um, I mean, I, I'm one of these people. I'm, I know a lot of people don't like it, but I'm quite a fan of uh, the village. Okay, I always, yeah. I always liked that rug pull that you think it's a monster movie, but it's not. Yeah, it's actually about. It's actually got an emotion. It's got a powerful emotional core to it, which I think is the sort of thing that maybe old needed, mm. uh, because you, you, number one, you cared for the people in the village and it feels like there's a real genuine threat there. And then you realize that what the statement he's trying to make is that these people felt the threat was all around them all the time anyway, mm. and with other people. And, uh, you know, I, I think that was probably the last time I saw a, a decent twist room. Obviously you've got the sixth sense is the very famous one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I suppose, I suppose signs, although, I mean, signs is a great movie until that last 20 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> Um, Unbreakable for me was one. Mm-hmm. I, I, enjoy, I enjoyed Unbreakable. I would consider that uh, that that was was something that sort of surprised me. Um, uh, yeah, the village probably I've, I've maybe um, missed thinking about that one. But yeah, I think this is this can only be described as a, a mystery that gets solved rather than rather than a twist. This reminds me yeah. of a film similar to like what Blumhouse are putting out at the moment. Right. It's an average twenty million film. They stick out, you go, like The Hunt was and stuff like that, where you sort of go watch it, you don't question too much. I think when you put a director of his pedigree in with it, I think people expect an awful lot. Mm. And ultimately, I mean, it sounds an awful lot of money, 18 million. I bet you, I mean, I'm sure you'd love to have 18 million to make a film with, Chris. Um, Absolutely. I could, I could be films with that. Yeah, <laughs> but I'd say, I think 
you start looking on me when the young girl was climbing up the cliff, the graphics were dire. It looked like yeah. B movie. Yeah. Um, and I don't know whether he struggled with maybe expensive tastes on stuff he wants to do, and he started <laughs> running a bit short. Maybe. Um, but yeah, he, he, like I say, it just reminded me of Bloom Elf rather than something why he wouldn't get a huge or a bigger budget why they didn't put the trust in him for it did he not um get the funding for sort of glass himself though did he? Is, is he not um known for sort of hunting out the the budget and for himself and and not sort of relying on backers and stuff i'm sure he was with glass right i don't know maybe he did with this one um i did have um a, a part that i did like and it was towards the end um with the main couple as they started to get old um and they were losing their sight yeah. and their hearing um, obviously, mm. I've got my glasses on tonight, Mark, um, yeah. just so uh. you can see. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, and I un- sort of understood that. It's getting to the point now where I can't see. And I sort of, I actually did like that. I felt that that humanised them uh, the most that they got humanised in the film since the start. Um, and I really enjoyed that little bit. Only a little bit, but I did enjoy that. What did you think of uh, Shyamalan's part? <laughs> We've clearly <laughs> missed it. Oh, he's the. Uh, oh, did you not notice his? No, he's the he's the guy that drives them to the beach, and then gotcha. he's the guy. Yeah, yeah I f- honestly, I thought I recognised him. Yeah, I forgot. <laughs> totally forgot. Yeah, I, what did I? Well, I mean, he, he didn't put a bad turn in. Yeah, he was all right. Okay, I thought it was another one of them convenient ones where they sort of went, "Oh, I think someone might be filming us." Right. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it, it, yeah. It, it just seemed a bit. I mean, I couldn't see what he was looking at, and I had this huge cinema screen. Yeah, and suddenly they can see that they're being filmed. Yeah, it was yeah. a bit weird. I mean, as it sort of like went to the end, one of the things that did pee me off were the false endings that we got, mm-hmm. and and this is where it started to obviously become a bit of a big problem. I think, um, and and it does ruin. An awful lot of of the, the what you think about M. Night Shyamalan. I've, I've never seen him have to explain stuff so much, mm-hmm. and that last bit for me was totally unnecessary. End it at the reef. I think so. Yeah, yeah. Just end it at the reef. That would have been great. Yeah. It adds to too many questions. I mean, he explains so much, but it, it leaves you with so many sort of inconsistency questions that you just leave the theater going, "What?" Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I sort of got to the point where I thought I was finished and then everything that sort of happened after the reef, I was just like, I I just wanted to go. Mm. I didn't need to know. I didn't want to watch. And I just, if if I could have walked out, I would have done, but we're not allowed, are we, Mark? No, we have to watch it till the end. But it's just one of them things I think like, if you come out with your missus and you come out, you want to be in the car home going, thing is I didn't understand so-and-so and I didn't get this and you discuss it. There was nothing to discuss when you come out. It was like, yeah. he, he just answered everything. It was like, he'd had this little checklist and go tick, tick, yeah. tick. When I thought, yeah. so, thought some of the bits about the illnesses uh, that sort of like got you guessing, um, I know the tumour bit was a bit, mm. like I say, it was a bit probably OTT, wasn't it? But um, but the, those actual bits were where I was actually involved in the mystery, trying to work out what was going on. And that's why I was annoyed at the end. The baby bit was great. I thought that was really clever, not because we've got a dying baby, but just in the fact that time's moving so quickly. So actually they couldn't get it quick enough to nurse it so that it's already passed. And I was like, whoa, I think that helped set the time or the speed of the time moving in my head better. 
Yeah, but mm. then again, he got someone to explain it with exposition. Yeah. Where it sort of like ruined the fact that you just, you'd just you worked it out yourself and you give yourself a pat on the back and then mm. two minutes later he'd explained it in exposition. You think, what am I doing? Why am I, why am I wasting my time? Yeah. Can you imagine a scene like that if the only two people on that beach were those two people and, and then that baby arrives? That would have been terrifying. Yeah, definitely, yeah. As we said, the problem is they've put so many experts in there mm. that sort mm-hmm. of knew the answer. For me, if that happened to me, and I was the only two people on there, it was me and a woman, I wouldn't understand, you know what I mean? Mm. It wouldn't be like, but because you've got a doctor there or, or whatever, um, someone just explains it straight away. And, and yeah. yeah, it sort of, uh, at certain points I was really enjoying solving the mystery and then it just, just kept telling me. It's done all right though, mate, and it's made a decent bit of money already. It has. It, I, think that, I think a lot of that's down to the fact that it's... It's it's coming it's coming at a time when cinemas have only just started to reopen and there has been more of an influx of films for children and this feels yeah. more like aimed at uh, adults than anything else. So mm, yeah, I think you're right. It's uh, it sort of seems like the time to put a film out, doesn't it? Mm. It's, um... mm. I've got a question for you, Chris. So as someone in the industry, mm. uh, I'm not going to mention any names. I don't want to give him any sort of publicity not that he would actually listen to us but it was a bit of a proper dick move by someone on twitter about this film um they didn't uh, enjoy it <laughs> um, they asked asked for a refund they posted all about it created a bit of a storm um yeah. for me film it's it's very subjective so enjoyment wise some people love it some people are going to hate it we're going to talk about it like this other people are going to think it was the best thing they've seen all year yeah um as someone who's in the actual industry how would you, I mean, how would you react to that? You put the mire up, someone tags you in it. Well, I mean, just what are your thoughts? I, I just, I couldn't believe he had done it, if I'm honest. I was just, I was quite angry for him. Yeah, neither could I. I couldn't believe it. I just think it's incredibly poor form. If you're in, he's effectively in the same industry. Mm. And to tag the director on a video that's, you know, people are allowed to say whatever they want. People, we've got freedom of speech. People can have whatever opinion they want. And you can voice that opinion as much as you want. But whenever you tag the person who created this, this, you know, whether you like it or not, it's a piece of art he's created. Mm. It's out there for everyone to see and hopefully enjoy. Nobody sets out to make a bad film. And the idea that he would actually attack him specifically within that tweet by tagging his name in there seemed uh, absolutely ridiculous to me. I was quite shit <laughs> takes quite a lot to shock me when it comes to twitter but i was quite shocked that someone like john barrowman would actually do something like that mm. uh and i found the video pretty gross and i know that everybody kind of piled on when it came to sort of accosting him for doing it yeah i mean ask him uh, for a I refund because you didn't like it. i don't know whether he's uh missed out on an audition in a Shyamalan movie and he's getting it back at him i don't know yeah but uh when you're in the industry i, I heard a great story about uh John Krasinski and Paul Thomas Anderson went to see a film. I'm not sure what film it was, but John Krasinski didn't like it at all. And he was being quite vocal about it. And Paul Thomas Anderson took him to one side and said, listen, don't don't make your feelings known to absolutely everybody in the room because they might not let us make films like this anymore. Yeah. And I liked that idea. Like, yeah, yeah, it might not have worked for you, but it'll work for some people. And, you know, this is clear. This movie is clearly working for a lot of people. I'm seeing a lot more love for this movie that I'm seeing hate. Mm. And, um, you know, every every film's subjective. Everybody's allowed their opinion. But, you know, you don't have to be a dick about it. No. No. He seems like a likeable person. 
Mm. Doesn't he? Do you know yeah. what I mean? I mean, and like I say, some of the so he's given us some of the best. I mean, when you first watch the Sixth Sense, I mean, you can only sort of have that feeling at the end of that once, can't you? Yeah. And um, uh, and I, I remember at the time people saying, oh, "I saw that coming a mile off" and things like that. But it was at a time when there was less social media to be dickheads on, wasn't there? Yeah. I mean, so. there's no lack of effort in this. No. You can't look at him and think actually they've just not bothered. No. I think they've tried really I mean, hard and. That's interesting because I mean you can you can look at his sort of uh, directorial choices those the the different shots the different scenes some of those shots work some of them don't work but you can see that he's feeling it out creatively and trying to find a way to tell that story visually mm. and there's an awful lot of filmmakers a lot of directors in this business who don't use the medium enough show us why we're seeing this as a film and not as a stage play and not as a book and not as a painting or not as a dance yeah. why are we seeing this as cinema and you can at least you, he he might not get it right all the time but at least he's actually using it yeah, he's experimenting and one yeah. sometimes it works sometimes it won't okay i mean i haven't got a lot more to say no on old i don't know about you chris no like i say um I would I would say to people if you want to go and see a movie go and see, go and see old go and see it and uh, have your opinion of it just don't tag the director. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean I'd say I mean we always uh, score stuff. I know that um, we we always try and encourage people to go and see it because we know that I mean we have varying degrees, mm, huge. Um, varying yeah, degrees. I mean we have wild swings as to uh, to what we score films as. Um, and it's the whole part of it. I mean, it would be pointless if we came here and just gave every film the same score. So. I mean, we never actually say to people, don't watch it or don't no. go and see it. No, we no. just say, this this is what we think, but we're idiots. Don't listen to us. <laughs> yeah, basically, yeah. I mean, that, that's what movies are, isn't it? Mm. I mean, it, you all sit together in a very large room, hundreds of you, and every single person is having a different experience. Some people, you know, so there is a there is a person out there for whom Transformers 2 is the greatest film they've ever seen in their lives. And mm. that's fine there's nothing wrong with that is that the one with megan fox yeah sure why not yeah yeah <laughs> we found it <laughs> so uh scores yeah mate we need to score this yeah i'm interested oh yeah what you got i've just gone below 60 i've got 59 have you yeah okay but i'll right. say I, I i actually i've got a deep i think there's a decent amount of rewatch value in this right um and i will definitely give it another go when it's out okay right chris what have you got I'd give it 50 because I'm it's one of those ones I'm very much on the fence about. I, d I didn't like the film, but I enjoyed watching it. Yeah. But I don't think it's a film that I'll probably watch again. Okay. If I'm going to watch an M. Night Shyamalan film, I'll go back to uh, I'll go back to Sixth Sense or Unbreakable or Signs or one of those ones. Yeah. yeah. Um, I've got uh, as normal. I've gone lower than that. I've got 40. Okay. Um, and I'd, listen, I thought it was a great idea. I thought it was poorly executed in more places than it was uh, great mm -hmm. um in in the main it had a problem with the dialogue the script etc all the main parts i thought i thought it was beautiful to look at but it just it, at the end i was annoyed when i came out yeah um and that that for me was was what scored it I, I still think for this year it's been the film i've heard most people talk about yeah, I mean, I, I, I mean, think it does a lot to get a film where everyone's chatting about it. Some love it, some don't. Yeah. And it, it keeps conversation going. Okay, there we go. I've really enjoyed that. Thank you very much for that, Chris. No, thank you. Thank you for having me on. Thanks, no guys. worries. No, I mean, we really uh, would like you, though, to reiterate where people can sort of get hold of you on social media, where they can get the crowdfunding, etc. Um, if you could just uh, reiterate that for us, let us know. 
Yes, yeah, certainly. Uh, and hopefully you'll maybe stick our uh, Twitter handles into one of the posts somewhere down there. Uh, you can find me at uh, at the Chris Watt, all lowercase, all one word. Uh, and you can find uh, Adam, our director, at Apple Park Films. And you can find Tom, our producer, at uh, Stranger Films. Uh, like I say, hopefully there'll be a little link somewhere in there. Our film, The Meyer, is uh, crowdfunding at the moment on greenlit.com. Uh, and if we, you know, even if you just want to share the crowdfunder with us, this is going out to everybody in uh, the world of Twitter and all on social media, even sharing won't hurt because uh, we're not far off reaching our target and getting this fully financed. And we'd really, really love to show everybody this film that we've been working quite hard on for the last year or so. Absolutely. So we'll share it in the thread of this episode. Anyway, we'll share all of your socials, all of the crowdfunding thing. And we'll share it about also where we can. Yeah, we'd like to get that made. Sure. And well done. Well done. It sounds like a yeah, great... I'm uh, jealous. I mean, imagine being part of making a film. It'd be amazing. Why I is mean, my life so crap? <laughs> I want to make a film. It's because you look like Charles Manson. It's fair That's point. Probably That's yeah. probably why. Or Jim Morrison. <laughs> yeah, I'm no, taking Jim Charles Morrison. Manson. So, yeah, thank you very much then, Chris. Thank you, guys. Thanks very much. No worries. After that, mate, should we move on? Yes, mate. Okay, this is the next section. This is the section that we have to call Homework. Homework. There we go. So this is the section where we give each other films that we love and the other one hasn't seen in the hope of uncovering hidden gems. What did you give me, mate? I gave you a film, mate. It's currently 7.4 out of 10 on IMDb. Rated X, one hour, 48 minutes long. Builders are something I haven't written down. With a synopsis of a movie sound recordist accidentally records the evidence that proves that a car accident was actually murder and consequently finds himself in danger. Starring John Travolta, Nancy Allen, John Lithgow, $18 million budget, grossing $12 million, 1981's Blowout. You did, mate, you did. So uh, the idea on this one was good. Yeah. Um, not totally original, but different enough to be a bit interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, one quick question. Why didn't mm. the cops like him? It's been he, bugging he was me. an ex-cop, wasn't he? Was he? He, he, he was on something that went tits up. Right, he, was so on a bu- he was on a bugging mission, so he had bugged someone. But I think they got found out. And they explained all that. Yeah. Because I somehow missed there, that. There was a scene where the bloke got, um, he was getting electrocuted because the batteries were making him yes, sweat. Yes, yes, That was a flashback. Ah, oh, was it? what happened to him. So the ah. batteries were sweating, electrocuting him, he had to run off right. then he got killed. Oh, I missed that. Yeah. Yeah. That makes a bit more sense now. Cool. Excellent. I still found it a bit frustrating that the cops wouldn't listen to him. Right. It's one of my pet hates yeah. in films when like someone's trying to explain something to the police and they don't. But that sort of makes sense now because yeah. um, he didn't like him, obviously. Now, I thought it was a bit weird. I wasn't quite sure whether this was a film about uh, politics and the killer of, of the politics or whether it was a film about John Lifko's hatred of sex workers. Right, it was very, yeah. very weird. He obviously went rogue, didn't he? Yeah, he was and, a bit deranged. Yeah, and it was it was certainly a bit weird because there seemed to be two different stories going on at the same time. Yeah. Um, and I wasn't quite sure which one was supposed to be the main one. And obviously I, I was thinking that it was obviously the one with the politics and that, but then it sort of like went more John Lithgow at the end, didn't it? Yeah. 
thought that was very weird. Yeah, weird decision. I'll be honest. I think the first first time I watched it, I thought that he had killed them, thinking it was her by mistake, because they actually all looked quite similar. Yeah. Um, and then realised it wasn't, and that they were running. He was just this weird strangler. Yeah, it was just really weird that they had that story, story about obviously the politician, and uh, they obviously John Travolta was trying to solve it. I like the way that he went around doing it, putting the video and that together. I do like a little bit of a mystery there. Now, I do have a big problem, um, and it was with, was it Nancy Allen? Yeah. She was fucking stupid and annoying. She did have one of them voices, mate, didn't she? I don't really know what the character was supposed to be, uh, or why it was written like that. She made such bad choices, and she was just played it really... Just a fucking idiot, yep. if I'm honest. And I just could not get past that. Um, John was John. Um, I do find him creepy yep. in 80s films. Okay. I'm just wondering whether it was like the times when he was trying to be sexy cool. Um, yep. Like he was at that point where he was like coming through and he was sort of like getting a bit of success um, and he felt that, that he could actually be like that. And I felt that a bit, a bit creepy with him. Right. Um, don't you think that? I actually think this is probably one of my favourite Travolta performances. Really? Yeah, I really enjoyed it. I quite, I think I was more like you, because I believed he was that person and right. all the interesting bits he was doing, and I didn't actually find him that creepy. Right, okay. I mean, it was only when he was really with her. Yeah. I just thought it was a bit... Yeah. yeah. Now, even though I did enjoy all those bits where he's putting it together and the mystery, trying to solve that mystery... I found that obviously it sort of like just went completely away from that for the last half of the film. Yeah. And we did just get John Lithgow going on a weird sort of killing mission yeah. of sex workers. I like John Lithgow. Yeah. I do like him. I thought it was a bit weird. It's just weird that the character sort of came out of nowhere and became this prominent... Overly sinister person. Yeah, and it was just really weird. And, and it sort of like did take over and it then become this sort of cat and mouse film about him basically trying to kill her. Yeah, basically, um, and nothing really to do with the rest of the or the the first half of the film that you'd actually. I suppose watch. she uh, matched his mo, didn't she? That's why his interest. Yeah, yeah, but it just seemed to obviously completely all the bits that it went through, inputting the video and work together, just didn't matter at the end. Do you know what oh, I mean? Yeah. Because you just literally got left with like a sort of serial killer flick. Yeah. You know, really weird. Um, when John Travolta drove to the Liberty Parade. It was in first person and it sort of reminded me of the police squad opening. It was, it was it? very, very <laughs> comedic. You, very I almost, I did actually honestly think in my head I did the... Yeah. <laughs> it was it's crazy, crazy wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so that was really weird. And uh, she came into her own with her stupidity, like not actually speaking down the mic and saying where she was. Yeah. Because um, obviously she had that bug on at the time. So that wound me up a little bit. We had an amazing slow-mo of him running to the rescue. Yeah. I mean, it was a thing of beauty. I mean, I don't think I've seen any slow-mos that, unless they were in a comedy film yeah. that matched up to that. It was just like elongated, just, I mean, I don't know why they put it in there or where they thought it would enhance the film, but it was quite funny. It was hilarious. And I actually didn't realise, and this is obviously a big spoiler on this one, I felt like her actually dying was just to give the scream joke a finale, yeah. the punchline. Yeah. Um, and I didn't think she was going to die. I actually had written in my notes about his uh, lip was quivering, his bottom lip. Yeah. Like, it was like quite bad acting when, he's, when 
he thought she died. And those were my actual words on the notes. Uh. And all of a sudden, a couple of minutes later, I realised that she had actually died. And then I realised that probably the reason for that is just to give that scream joke that went all through the film. It's punched. It ties up the loose ends. It does, yeah. Yeah. Um, Overall, I've got to say, I found it very, very average. Did you like the German porn star score? (laughs) I mean, there was some... (laughs) I mean, it was quite 80s. Remember, most of the things that I watched from TV like that in the 80s were like that. Um, I've got, it's a very weird one. I've got a good premise, but very average, bordering on annoying execution. Okay. For some reason, I found it confusing. I didn't really know where it was going, and I couldn't get past the fact that Nancy Allen was so annoying. Okay, I and get I've, it. I've gone straight down the middle. It's a 50. Okay, that's unusual. I'm yeah. surprised that it's quite this high on IMDb. I think it's like 7.4 or yeah. something. And I've got to be honest, I just found it, it was all right. Yep. And that's all I can say about it. Okay. Very weird moments. A lot of it, it was like a mismatch. Like a lot of it didn't fit together. Um, no, well, it's one of my favourite openings to a film. I thought I'd right. like to see the film it opened with. Right. I look brilliant. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're not wrong now. But sorry, mate. No, I can only right. give it that because yeah. it was just so confusing. Giving it a punt? Yeah, there we go. So I gave you a 2008 film directed by Catherine Bigelow, starring Jeremy Renner, Anthony Mackie, Brian Geraghty, Evangeline Lilly, Rafe Fiennes, David Mawson, Guy Pearce, running time of 131 minutes, budget of $15 million, taking $49 million at the box office, 7.5 on IMDb, 97% on Rotten Tomatoes, with a synopsis of, during the Iraq war, a sergeant recently assigned to an army bomb squad is put at odds with his squad mates due to his maverick way of handling his work. I gave you... 2008, The Hurt Locker. Mm, you did. Tense, isn't it? Yeah. And it a tense one. Yeah. Um, I really like Guy Pearce, mate. I was quite happy he was going to be in it. Right. Mm, went well, didn't it? <laughs> they call it a red mist or something? <laughs> yeah. Oh, dear, that was. I am going to be a little bit controversial. I think I'm being controversial. I might not be being controversial. It's won six Oscars, mate, this thing. Yeah. Right? It was really good. I don't see it as a six Oscar winning film. Right. I don't know whether that's controversial or not. I mean, fair dues, one was editing, two were for sound. Mm-hmm. I get it. Mm-hmm. I get it. But this beat up Avatar, Inglorious Bastards for Best Picture. I'm not necessarily championing any of the other ones. I'm just surprised it took it. Right. I mean, it's not really to say that it's, I mean, it's the Academy, isn't it? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It, it's probably an Academy-type film, isn't yeah. it? More yeah, than, I suppose. More than the others. Um, I've only seen a couple of Jeremy Renner films, which I thought he was all right. Um, but I thought he did a great job in this one. Yeah. And, and I thought all the cast were really, really strong throughout. I thought there's some amazing set pieces, um, especially the scene where they were sort of held on point with the contractors mm-hmm. and it all sort of started going wrong and they were stuck there. I thought that was really, really tense. Um, I thought they did an amazing job at making characters that you really bond with quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of times we watch a film and go, didn't much care whether any of them died or not. With these, I didn't actually want any of them to die. Uh, the main characters, should we say. Um, and it made the anxiety in the scenes work better from that perspective because I was actually worried they was going to kill people because they'd already done it. Yeah, so it no, tends, no one it? was safe. Mm. Um, I thought the action, mate, was balanced perfectly with the dynamics that it gave you a bit of a breather before it put you into another sort of heart-knocking moment when you're thinking, shit, is he going to get blown up here? Imagine doing that for a job. 
special type of breed, mate, and right. then special type <laughs> of breed. But I found it, it was similar on the lines of like Fury, but it's actually really immersive. Like, mm. you've, I found myself there, which totally. I'm guessing is where the Oscars for the editing and um, sound come from. Yeah. Um, because that was well, well deserved. I just feel like I've seen better of this genre. Okay. Um, and that's not saying it's a bad film. I really did enjoy it. I did feel immersed in it. But I think it's got good rewatch value and I will be adding it to the big collection that is in here. Do you think it's because it's a lot of specific? I mean, I know we get war films, don't we? Obviously, you get yeah. war films that cover everything. You see yeah. a bit of this, bit of that. and But obviously, like Fury, focused yeah. on a tank squad... This one obviously focuses on bomb disposal. Yeah. It's, it's, it's something different, isn't it? It's not I like, like it. a generic one. No, because you see the team dynamics. I like the mm. bit where you see them all. They was a bit thing of him. They didn't really like him. He was a bit of a maverick. And then I think the scene where the contractors come in, he asked for a drink. And rather than drink it, he made sure the other guy had it um, to make sure he was all right. And you saw a different side of his team ethic. And I really, really liked that side of it. And I like the ending. I thought the ending was good. He's just that bloke through and through. Mm. The others wanted to get home. He didn't actually like home. He wanted to go back. But I've got, I've got a decent-ish score on it, mate. I don't okay. know if you're going to feel this is harsh or not, but I've got 78. Okay. Well, it's higher than IMDb. Right. That's the thing. Yeah. And that's the thing with some Oscar winners, isn't it? It doesn't necessarily mean it's a high score. No. Uh, you can't really go with the Academy. You still have to watch these things, don't you? To... Yeah. I'm, I'm more than happy I've seen it. I'm just, I'm just, I think I'm just shocked it's like six Oscars. It just don't... Some of these masterpieces, so-called, that they win these big Oscar halls. Mm. I, I see it. I, this is a solid film. Yeah, I don't know. Okay. There you go then, mate. Well done. Well done. Um, what you got for me next week, mate? Got you something a bit different, mate. Got you something that's currently 7.8 out of 10 on IMDb. It's a 15, one hour, 43 minutes build as a documentary biography. With a synopsis of a devastating and heart-rending take on grizzly bear activist Timothy Treadwell and Amy Hugenard. <laughs> and Amy Huguenard, who were killed in October 2003 while living among grizzly bears in Alaska. Starring both of the aforementioned, not going to try and do the names again, worldwide grosser 4,000,000, 2005's Grizzly Man. Little bit of a spoiler on yeah. the old synopsis there, mate. Do you know Little what bit. I mean? It's just like basically ruined the ending or, or a part of the film. Well, I don't know. if I said to you it's an hour and 43 of people who lived with grizzly bears. Yeah. You just want to watch that? You not want to get oh, to the good I've bit? I've got to watch now. whatever you tell me to yeah, watch, mate. Okay. You know what I mean? So uh, there we go. So I shall give that a go. Yeah. I'm going to give you a 1988 film directed by John Carpenter, starring Roddy Piper, Keith David and Meg Foster. Running time of 94 minutes. Budget of $3 million with a box office take of $13 million. 7.3 on IMDb, 85% on Rotten Tomatoes, with a synopsis of They influence our decisions without us knowing it. They numb our senses without us feeding it. They control our lives without us realising it. They live. I'm giving you 1988's They Live. Actually, John Carpenter's They Live. Terrific. All right. Love a bit of Roddy Piper. Yeah, Love a bit of John Carpenter. Okay. What can go wrong? Well, <laughs> I don't know, mate. 1988, you never yeah. know, do you? No, it could but, be uh, yeah, it's one of my favourites from yeah. the 80s. So, uh, you haven't seen it? No. There we go. Cool. All right? Yeah. Okay, mate. What are we doing next week? Suicide Squid, which <laughs> I'm guessing is like a depressed octopus. <laughs> the Suicide Squad. Oh, yeah, yeah that one. The that new one. one. Yeah. Okay, right. Last one was good, wasn't it? This one's got to be good. <laughs> I mean, hopefully they learnt from the mistakes. Find out, eh? Yeah, we yeah. will do. So we're going to do the Suicide Squad. Yeah. Looking forward yeah. to that one. Okay. 
You all done then, mate? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Mate. yeah. I mean, any more wall climbing this week? No, no. I am going for a fried all-you-can-eat breakfast. Oh yeah. Yeah. But you got your uh, George Formby thing. Yeah, you know. Is that it now? I'm, that... I'm fully jabbed up, and I'm going anywhere I like now. I'm going out for a fry up. <laughs> Lovely. Okay, an heart attack. Kids right. eat free, apparently. So. <laughs> You're not a child anymore, no. my friend. All right, then. Yeah. Okay. How about you, mate? What are you up to? Uh, I don't know. Yeah. No? We should Sitting in front of the telly, hopefully. Yeah. Who knows? There we go. So then, mate. Do you want to say goodbye then, Mark? Goodbye then, Mark. See you later, everybody. Yeah. Bye-bye. Never met my granddad, did you? No. No, he was he didn't mind if people came round while he was working. Oh. He was a really nice bloke like that. Terrible anaesthetist. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean it's all right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well done. That's it. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> No <laughs> <laughs> mics playing around. What the fuck was <laughs> Duck in my throat. <laughs> oh, oh, fuck, you know. 18 million bullet.